Hello, and welcome to the Knicks Podcast. This is our first episode. Our guest is Sylvan Mossberger, who is a longtime Knicks contributor. He works at Tweeg, and he's also the host of the Knicks Hour podcast. Our host is Shahar Dawn Orr. Welcome, Sylvan. How are you? I've been busy doing a lot of things with Knicks recently. Uh, maybe, I mean, the, the kind of thing I'm most excited about, it, it doesn't have like like not revolutionary or anything, but um, the, the file set library that I've been working on in next packages. And uh, maybe that would be interesting to just briefly talk about. File set library. Okay, I'll yeah, buy it. So, what, what, is, what is it? Yeah, so the, the idea is really, or well, uh, maybe let's look at the problem first. So mm-hmm. if you have a well, on Nix, you want to build projects, and you might have a local project, so you uh, so you need to create like a derivation that builds stuff, and uh, you need to use the files from your source. But now you might have a lot of like kind of garbage in your source directory, and, and you want to filter that out. Uh, on one hand, so uh, it doesn't get like Nix doesn't import it into the store. All right. Uh, but also to avoid unnecessary rebuilds. And so previously, you would have used uh, like the built-in start path function, or there's also some kind of wrappers for that. But they are all kind of really hard to use, I think. And so the Fawcett library tries to make that a whole lot easier and safer. And uh, Why didn't yes, I over the... ever care about this? And who would want to? Yes, it's this? it's it's really like I I guess the if you have a big mono repo, then things get a bit nasty with Nix mm. because uh, I mean let's say you uh, you import the entire directory like you do like okay uh, maybe a fetch git and then at least all the git tracked files are filtered out so that's good, but mm. whenever you change any file in that repo now you you have to rebuild all the derivations and even though you have like sub projects that are like entirely independent of oh, each other oh okay yeah and so so you need to kind of say okay well this sub project only uses its own source files and it doesn't use the entire git directory uh, and so this means when you change like uh, like the classic example is you change the readme in your repository and suddenly all your Things have to get rebuilt because <laughs> next things. Oh, well, the rebuild might influence the build, so better. You don't better use your try it again. Read me as source code. Yeah, um, not yet, but uh, <laughs> I've heard some ideas, so maybe we'll see. But yeah, so the so the the file library aims to make that like very simple and intuitive and and basic i mean the idea is in the name it's file sets it's operations on sets of files so you can if you know some like basic set theory in maths and like Mm -hmm. um union and intersection and and set difference these are the basic operations that you can do uh, with the library these are like very i mean you can you can learn these in like a couple minutes and it's it's fairly intuitive like okay union sets you take the set 
the elements that are in both uh, both sets and intersections only with the ones that both share uh, these kinds of ideas. And this is implemented in Nix? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, uh, so there are, <laughs> what is that bit? smirk our viewers cannot, uh, cannot see? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so it's, um, it's tricky. I mean, Nix wasn't made for this, to be honest. Uh, Nix was made to build packages. And it's mm -hmm. kind of only incidental that you can even implement this on top of Nix. Like you need some, you need to rely on certain operations that Nix provides built-ins. So like Nix can read directories in your local, uh, right. like local directory. Um, and they can output the, the types of the files in there. And, and there's right. The, the basic operation for kind of filtering files. And, and I, I think only like two or three basic operations are necessary to implement them. But yeah, I mean, if you can, why not? <laughs> hmm. Speaking of reading yeah. files, what does is, what is all this mean with regards to purity? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good question. Um, so kind of traditionally, right, the way to filter out these things, uh, right, built-in.path or some other utilities. And these were a bit violating of purity. Uh, and so you had things like, well, the built-in.path function has this filter function. In the filter, you get the path to your file. And, and you need to return true or false, should I include it or not? And so the problem there is that the entire path includes things like slash home slash infinisil slash something. Mm. And so you could like change your filter based on which user runs your commands. And so that's, of course, kind of very impure. And that sounds um, like an existing uh, Nix problem with with this particular API, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so that's, and well, maybe let's transition a, a bit to Flakes uh, because that's what Flakes helps with in particular. Mm -hmm. So in Flakes, whenever you evaluate something locally, it imports the entire directory into the store, which can be a bit dangerous because it might import too much. And you might not want it to import everything. Um, but then it doesn't depend on the user's name or anything like that anymore. Like it's, it's then next store some hash. There's no mention of the user anymore. And so that mm. kind of helps with that. Um, but that's, uh, that is fairly, um, experimental. And so what is exactly experimental? The, um, well, maybe I, I think maybe let's, let's talk about this a bit later, uh, to, to just finish the mm -hmm. the um, sentence here, the FileSet library is by design doesn't allow you to refer to things like the user's uh, name or things like that. So you don't get the ability to refer to the entire path of files. It has it makes sure that it works regardless of where what you use flakes or not or yes. Hmm. So it um, it works out fine. 
regarding purity. What are you uh, using it for? Um, so I'm, <laughs> well, I'm not really doing a lot of packaging myself. Um, it's, uh, I'm really mainly doing the, these kind of next packages, internal things where, well, not internal, but like these, uh, interface changes to next packages that hopefully can help a lot of other users. And so this, this was motivated by this, uh, this existing built-in stuff path, like filtering, which was really tricky to get right. And the, hopefully we can deprecate that interface at some point. Uh, it's it's really too hard for to use. I think no, no one should have to use that unless they're like writing a file set library, I guess, and you need to rely on it. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for sh sharing. Yeah, yeah, but you're. You you mentioned uh, experimental. Should we should we talk about flakes? Should we open that kind of worms? This is the exact correct place to open cans of worms. <laughs> okay, that's uh, that's great. Um, yeah, well, flakes. Um, I have some opinions, um, and I mean, I guess when you come across me, you you kind of think of me as oh, I really dislike flakes. But that's not like entirely true. Um, so Flakes has benefits and the and it has problems. And and so the benefit is like it has a really nice user interface. I, I gotta give it that. Like it's honestly the old commands just kind of sucked, and um, and it proves on that. Uh, so we, we maybe need to distinguish a little bit more. Um, the new CLI also experimental right now. Uh, comes in kind of two flavors. One of them is a non-flake flavor, and the other one is flake flavor. So you kind of have three separate ways to use Nix now: the stable CLI, the experimental non-flake CLI, and the experimental flakes uh, CLI. And the last update and, um, I remember reading from the from the Nix team is that the next uh, the, the 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 near candidate for for getting in stabilized is the CLI, the new CLI. Exactly, yeah. So this was actually an RFC, the RFC number 136. Uh, I was a shepherd of that one as well. And uh, that kind of proposed to let's start stabilizing the CLI first before flakes. And that is kind of simply because uh, the CLI or at least I think uh, it's because the CLI is much kind of easier to reason about. Um, like you don't introduce any new concept with the CLI. You just make the user interface nicer and it should continue to work with the you know, normal next way of doing things. Whereas Flex is then a much kind of bigger and more controversial topic, but it can be entirely orthogonal to the CLI. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I'm. I've also been a bit involved in the next team recently, so I'm not officially on the next team, but I, I mean, the meetings are fairly open, and I, I think I can help a bit in these to kind of. Uh, and so I, I've been joining some next team meetings, 
and kind of listening in a bit and giving some uh, opinions as well. And uh, yeah, so kind of I've uh, I've seen them kind of try to focus on stabilizing or incrementally stabilizing. Actually, well, yeah, the CLI, they're working on the CLI. They have a tracking issue where they kind of list all the new CLI commands and they kind of redesign them every once in a while and say that, oh, well, this command doesn't really look that well like that. It should work a bit differently. It's not really consistent that way. And we need to make this change and that change. So that's been going on. Stabilizing flakes. And the you know, first issue or the first item to stabilize there is planned to be fetch tree. Fetch tree. So is that an internal thing? Yeah, I don't I've never heard of this. It's uh it's kind of internal. So if you I mean Flakes generates these log files, okay, and uh how do these log files get generated? That's mm -hmm. using fetch tree. And it's the same operation, the same underlying operation. And uh, so the idea behind stabilizing fetch tree is, well, uh, stabilize fetch tree, and then the log file is kind of comes from that fairly directly. Mm. Yeah, and so, but then um, I kind of started looking a bit at fetch tree, so I heard, okay, it's going to be stable in the next release. Uh, initially, that was the that was the notion. Uh, but then I looked at it and was like, hmm, the play, I don't really know what is supposed to be stable now. So uh, fetch tree supports these uh, different input types. So you can like say fetch tree and then type equals uh, GitHub or type equals Git. Uh, I mean, that's the, right, the, the same the, thing you... The input, inputs uh, schema. Right, exactly. It's it's it, the input schema gets, I think, directly passed to fetch tree, mm. and so, right, that would also kind of stabilize the input uh, schema there. Uh, but I looked a bit at fetch tree and uh, discovered that, well, on one hand, the the docs are just really poor, and I couldn't really understand anything there. So, like, what was supposed to be stable now? So, like, some input types. We're supposed to be stable, and I think that's like I don't know, HTTP and and Git or something like that. Uh, the others weren't supposed to be stable, but you couldn't really see that in the documentation. And um, I'm I'm of the opinion that stable interfaces should be documented and tested. And if you if you don't have that, then it's, well, it's only can't really guarantee stability that is stable then. Yeah, well, you you'd kind of hope that, but if you right, if you don't have tests, how can you guarantee that the implementation is stable? Right, because users touch it. Right, you you might just you refactor it. You touch it with, uh, I don't know, with silk gloves or something. Exactly. Yeah. So that's also what I've been. So with the file set library, I've really made sure that everything was properly tested and documented and i can i can like proudly say that the file set library is stable and i'm 
it's going to be released in the next Nexus release, which is next week, very soon. And um, yeah, we, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to make sure that there aren't going to be any breaking changes. And I can make that, <laughs> that's going to be fairly easy because there's a like fairly big test suit that has every single feature of the library. Yeah. So I really, yeah, so I really think the kind of same thing should also be done for, for flex features. Uh, I think I think that's kind of where flakes feels like a kind of 80 20 percent thing where the easy 80 percent that you can do in 20 percent of the time was done and and that's great but the remaining 20 percent which is the nine bits the the ones that no one wants to do the kind of hard parts uh yeah that, that's not done yet and uh there's little resources to get that done. Well, yeah. So how do you see us? How do you see us getting out of this situation? And uh... Uh, yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, th there are some some ideas, and so on one hand. Um, well, uh, well, the, the kind of default way, and I, I'm not a fan of this, but the the next team, I think, so far is kind of of the opinion that, well, we don't have a lot of resources, but flakes uh, needs to be stabilized, and so let's say we need to stabilize fetch tree. Uh, someone needs to write docs. Someone needs to maybe rethink the interface a bit. And if no one does that, then we're just going to stabilize it anyway. So there's like this kind of timer that, yeah, kind of like this timer that ticks now where fetch trees plan to be stabilized in a month, no matter what the interface looks like and, where, and whether it's documented. Although there is some documentation in the peer now, although it's not merged. And so that, that's a way to stabilize it, but of course, then you you end up stabilizing it exactly as it is, and uh, I imagine it would go exactly the same for all other flake features. So I think that's great. Um, another way, and well, another way, or it helps, is uh, that the next team has been looking for uh, for funding for getting someone to actually work on these issues. Uh, because I mean, the next team is they do work, but they mostly do triaging work. Like there's ten new Nix issues every day, or something like that, and, and these need to be like sorted and and accepted, rejected, reviewed, and so on. I don't so see they that barely have, have any... rate uh, decreasing either. Yeah, exactly. It's um, <laughs> like Nix is getting more popular, and and the resources are getting more strained, and so. Who is left to do flake stabilization, or, or or maybe the next team should do flake stabilization, but then who will do the triaging and and so on? And so, hiring someone like the the Nixos Foundation, getting someone to actually help out with the next team, to kind of do these tasks of like I don't know, backporting things, uh, making bug fixes here and there, 
that would really help a lot, I think. And um, yeah, that's currently in discussion in the uh, next OS Foundation, I, I believe. Then and there, sometimes it's uh, it's going forward. Popular yeah. technologies, the... they eventually gain sponsors. They're significant enough mm -hmm. to sponsor what software needs, which is a team that yeah. is working on it for full time for a while, for some significant yeah, yeah. portion and... of full time. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm also so I'm uh, at Tweak, and I, I work partly for a client that's antithesis, and they, they essentially enable me to do all of this community work. Uh, I've, I'm really only doing next community work, and I think that's, uh, I think it's really beautiful that I, I can do that, and that there is money to, to go into these things, and so I actually also so I. I'm currently kind of busy doing some other things, but if I have time, well, or I'm kind of planning to finish the items I'm currently working on, but after that, I'm thinking of maybe also helping out the next team. And then really because I could, uh, I could look at these issues and I could uh, think about, well, fetch tree, is the interface good? Uh, how can we make it more consistent? How how can we fix the the underlying issues of flags? I, I have some ideas there, and um, I guess my, my C plus plus isn't the strongest, um, like barely existing, uh, but I think I'm fairly good at like understanding the design constraints that you need with Nix and the problems with it, and then trying to come up with a solution that works and fulfills the requirements. So, yeah, I might uh, I might help out there as well. And uh, but but also I'm I'd be happy for other people to also jump in and, and take a look at the issues. Um, yeah. So so really, uh, I mean it, it's kind of the whole flake thing was a bit botched from the beginning. <laughs> so uh, maybe a brief history. Uh, the mm -hmm. Uh, Flakes was started with an RFC. I think that, were, that was RFC 49. And uh, so that was by Elko himself. And uh, that went on. It got a lot of feedback. Uh, it was a huge thing, even initially. And I believe it was trimmed down quite a bunch. Uh, but still, a lot of discussions were going on. Uh, it, it was hard to get it through, like, obviously, like, kind of thing is fairly controversial and then at some point it was i think fairly i, th I think Ilko pretty much just decided well i'm going to close the rfc and i'm going to merge it as experimental and so that's kind of well it's experimental it's not stable yet so that should be fine like people shouldn't be able to rely on it yet uh, it can change at any time and that's yeah and so <laughs> I mean, we, we mostly know the story. Yeah, fast forward uh, four years, it's still marked as experimental. Almost nothing changed on Flakes. Like, if something is experimental, you, you need to experiment with it. You need to 
do that thing, you need to take into account the feedback, you need to address it. And if if it's not great, you just, I don't know, throw it out again. <laughs> What's the most not saying the flex isn't great. breaking change since then to flex? I believe the only thing that really changed was the output schema at some point, although there might be more. But at some point, initially, I think it was default package as a single identifier, and now it's packages.default. It's like a nested thing, kind of. But that also had a deprecation warning, so it's not like technically a breaking change. I think it still works with the old one, maybe. Mm -hmm. So really not, not a lot happened there. And I think for all the... Right. If you have an experimental feature, you you kind of need to regularly break it. Like uh, maybe even if nothing actually changed, you just need to make sure that people know that it's experimental. I sh we should be able to make changes to it, and you shouldn't start relying on it. And but yeah, now we're here today, and uh, everyone is relying on flakes. There's products built on top of flakes. Uh, there's uh, Installers that enable Flex by default, uh, advertising it as stable, uh, even though it's, it's not meant to be yet. Uh, right, tutorials are getting written, books are getting written on Flex, while still it's markless experimental. It's the it's it's the chasm between some features that we need and the and the development uh, time that goes into Nix itself. Yeah. And I mean, I, so, I mean, I feel like I don't, maybe there's like two paths where on one hand, Flakes stays the way as it is and um, people use it and, and that's good, but I think there are some fairly fundamental problems with Flakes as it is now. Mm -hmm. And these problems don't have to be there. And so if it continues like this, I feel like at some point there's going to be a another thing, something that's not Flakes, maybe from someone completely different, which is fixing these issues. And it like doesn't take a huge a lot of effort to fix these. Maybe that could even be Flakes on a 2.0. Maybe if at some point we do have the resources to fix these issues and somehow make them backwards compatible, then that might work. Um, but but like imagine you have these two products. On one hand, you have Flakes with these issues. On the other on the other hand, you have this better designed thing. And now, fast forward ten years which is more likely to succeed? Well, it's it's not just the design that's going to decide over whether something succeeds. But um, I, I like well-designed things. That's what pulled me to Nix in the first place. And if I had the choice between these two approaches, I'd pick the, uh, the one that was better designed. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> right. That's what pulled me to Flakes in the beginning. And so, I really well not flakes. Uh, that's what pulled me to Nix in the beginning. So I, we have these package approaches. Like on, I, know, I, I came from macOS. Uh, I started using Nix like 
six years ago uh, from macOS to NixOS. And right, macOS had this really ugly everything, like uh, everything was constantly being broken. I didn't really know what went on in my system. There were services running. I, I couldn't stop. And it was just kind of an opaque box. Um, and also write package updates. That's the main thing that Nix helps with. And so I, that's what pulled me to Nix. Like I, I, I realized that Nix, oh, it has a really nice design. Like this idea of store paths. That's uh, it works very well. It uh, it makes stuff a lot cleaner. Okay, sure, the user interface sucks, but. Um, like we can improve the user interface. The underlying model is going to stay the same. And um, I think with Flakes, it's a bit the other way around, where the underlying model is not very nice. There are some pretty big problems there, though they can be fixed to a degree. But the uh, only the user interface looks pretty good. And only once you kind of dig a bit more into the into the depth, into the depths, you can come across the slightly ugly bits. Maybe I kind of also want to mention some, some kind of other things that are going on in the Nix community. Uh, Flakes is an interesting and controversial topic, but um, it's not everything. Like Nix is so much more than just Flakes. And mm -hmm. even with Flakes, you still rely on all of Nix packages, on all of the packaging approaches, all of that. So, I mean, I have a I have kind of a long list of things going on uh, here and there. Um, on one hand, there is the the Nix Hour, which I'm doing every week. And so, uh, in the Nix Hour, we we just kind of tackle some something, some technical problem in Nix. So we you know we try to package something, we try to fix a build, uh, we write some modules, we various things using Nix. Sounds great. There will be a link. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, and that happens every week. Happened since last year's NixCon. So over a year now, it has been going on. Just yesterday, we recorded the 53rd episode. And uh, so, yeah, that's fairly, fairly consistent and going well. Other things, uh, let's see. I have, oh, something interesting is the Nix formatting RFC. So like a, that was like two or three years ago, uh, there was an RFC opened. I think it was number 101, which kind of set to, or aimed to standardize Nix formatting. Mm -hmm. And so that we wouldn't have to debate about how to form a Nix code. That would be nice. Uh, but it didn't really... It didn't really succeed or go anywhere. So about a year ago, I kind of started regularly scheduling meetings with the team there. And uh, finally, after like, I think it wasn't like an entire year, but after almost a year, we now have a new RFC open, which I think looks much better and much more doable. And uh, so that's RFC number 166. That's uh, opened uh, two weeks ago, one week ago, something like that. 
And uh, yeah, well, if you have feedback or want to take a look at it, uh, feel free to. Everyone who's been around code has, has been around formatting and I had the privilege of trying a few formatters for a few languages and the, it's like one central question to this, to the formatting that is suggested in this RFC. Is it, um, I don't know if I'm looking for the term deterministic. Is it, mm. is it, does it say like for this code, there's only one way to format it? Yeah, I get, yeah, it's, I guess you can call that deterministic. Uh, it's, it's going well, the input is the abstract syntax tree more or less. And the output is always the same. So, uh, but it, yeah, so it that's, ignores your formatting. Um, so no, so formatter is not deterministic in that way. Hmm. It is not too far away, but you need some basic things. So like a lot of people like to put new lines in between uh, like attribute declarations and to kind of group together certain ones. And you don't want to get rid of those new lines um, or comments. You don't want to get rid of comments, uh, although you'd have to, to make it deterministic in that way, although we can ignore that one. Um, I think there might be some other minor cases like that, but other than that, I think it's fairly deterministic. So, so it does preserve yes. some white space. It does preserve some white space, yes. Okay. But yeah, we're, we're we're pretty happy with like I mean the it, it's a lot of bike shedding for formatting and we've seen that in the previous RFC. We're also seeing it in the new RFC. Uh, we've also seen it in the past year in all of the meetings we had. Uh, but the we're now four people in the team that proposed the new RFC. We all agreed on this new formatting. Uh, we also have a lot of people just generally kind of say, well, whatever, let's just have a formatter. Let's get this debate over with and so we don't have to talk about it anymore. Commas and at I feel the like end that... of line? Commas at the end of line, yes. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's one of, the, uh, one of the core discussion points. And it was brought up again in the new RFC as well. Uh, but I think, yeah, most people prefer the come at the end of the line and it also has benefits. So let's do that. Yeah, and so I think that sets pretty good conditions for the RFC to succeed. And so we need one more, I think two, one or two more shepherds for the RFC. So anyone can be a shepherd. You would be good to know uh, Nick, so. <laughs> but so, um, well, the RFC process is a bit, uh, a bit weird when a group of team, like a group of, group of people works on it, uh, because we now had four people work on that ROC for like the entire year. Uh, although only two of those people, so me and uh, Pi Games, who actually like wrote most of the text. Um, and so the question is, who is the author of the ROC? 
Uh, and so Pygames did the most of the work. Um, so they are the author now. I'm kind of, I've also contributed a lot of the RC text since I'm co-author. Uh, the others only kind of reviewed the work and joined meetings fairly often, uh, occasionally. So they're, we call them pre-RFC reviewers. And so the reason why we do this is because shepherds for an RFC, you need at least three shepherds for an RFC, can't be the author. And so if you have a team of four authors that are already interested in the topic, then you still need three more people. So seven people in total to even progress on the RFC. Seven, finding seven people in a kind of volunteer-based community is really hard. We're and all, it's, most, most people involved are already up to their necks in involvement, in volunteering. I didn't quite get that. Many of the people who are involved in the community, where you know, where, where would you find such people? You would look, you you would see discourse, you would chat with your colleagues, but many people who who you would whom you'd think they they might be interested in doing it, they're already up to their necks in contributions in some other RFC and some other team. Yeah, yeah, it's really. Like the, I feel like everyone, or if you're involved in next in the next community, or if you have time to spend on the next community, you can almost not find a single thing to work on. It's always like a wide range of things. At least for me, that's the case. So I, so I only talked about like half the things I've, I'm involved with right now. Uh, there's also like the I'm in the RFC steering committee since recently. I'm in the documentation team since like one or two years. I'm the architecture team lead. I'm working on RFC 140, which does some stuff in next packages. Uh, there's, I'm also trying to, um, oh no, that's not really going on right now, but it's a lot of things and, um, and all of these things need attention, but I just, I just, I wish I could clone myself like 10 times over. Uh, that might help a bit. Well, things will move at the pace so, yeah. which people are willing to contribute, and that will be influenced by the pace at which sponsors are willing to sponsor. And that will be influenced by the usage as well. Yeah, but, yeah, there's... There's this idea of, um, well, we don't want new users. We want new contributors. Because users don't just use and don't contribute back. I mean, I, I don't think it's that strict. You need, like, it's fine for a lot of people to use it. But if the kind of ratio gets out of balance, like if for every 10,000 users, we get one contributor, then I know the 10,000 user might file 1,000 bug reports every year, and the one contributor can't fix that. So there needs to be some balance in the ratios. Well, this is this is open source, yeah. and it's not unique to Nix, and the, the world is still figuring this out. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I feel like, I mean, Nix has the right idea. So I feel like it's only a matter of time until everyone in Nix will use Nix directly or indirectly somehow. Maybe not on their phones since Nix is not really like used for general computing, but probably your phones will be deployed using Nix at some point or some variation of Nix. In a hundred years, probably it's gonna probably Nix is gonna change a lot, or I mean probably Nix is gonna disappear, but something else with the same idea is gonna be there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm 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 happy. I'm looking forward to the future. See what it brings. I'm sure yeah. it will be a part of it. Right. We're at our time box, I suppose. Yeah. To thank was, you for sharing. Yeah, uh, no problem. It was, it was fun. Um, and thanks for thanks for hosting that. You're welcome, Sil Silvan. And I hope to to have you again.